She turned $65 into 35 grand in 15 months. What's up? What's up? Nick Loper here. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show, a member of the Entrepreneur Podcast Network. If you're looking for realistic and creative ways to make extra money in your spare time, you are in the right place. I've got a good old-fashioned buy low, sell high episode for you today. It's one of the fastest ways to multiply money, as my guest really illustrates with her results. The flipping niche in question is furniture, of all things. So stick around to learn how you can source profitable inventory, how to relist your items for maximum profit, and how to avoid getting scammed on Facebook Marketplace. From the furniture flip.online, Claire McCann, welcome to The Side Hustle Show. Hi, everyone. We're excited to have you here. We're also going to cover the uh, working in public side of your business because you got a bit of a following, a bit of a profile on Instagram, on TikTok about your flips, educating other people about this side hustle. Now, if you're just tuning in, your listener bonus for this week is my list of the best items to flip for a profit. All you got to do is follow the show notes link in the episode description, and then you fill in your information. I'll send that right over. That's at sidehustlenation.com slash Claire, C-L-A-I-R-E, or you just follow that show notes link in the description to claim that bonus. Again, that's the best items to flip for a profit. So I want to start. So this is last July, a little over a year ago, and turning this first $65 piece of furniture into $300 and saying like, <laughs> okay, this works. I want to do more of this. Lather, rinse, repeat. So tell me about that deal. Yeah, no, for sure. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah, that deal was our first one that really got me hooked to this crazy world of furniture reselling in the Bay Area. With that one, what happened basically was I went on Facebook Marketplace. I saw this great Amazon glass table being sold with four translucent chairs. And I bought that whole set for $65. And we sold that same set about a week later for $300. So it was with like that moment that I was like, oh, this could be something if it's this easy to like flip a piece of furniture. And like, we kind of rented it during the time, like we were able to just like use it while we had it. Sure, then, sure. Like, we like went from there. So I just used the profit from that, which I think was like $235 and just like started spider webbing. We bought a lamp and a nightstand from there and just continued to buy and sell just from that 65 alone. And now we're at $3,500 profit. $3,500, $35,000. Oh my God, $35,000 profit. My bad. It's huge. Yeah. I mean, just imagine like the common advice, buy the S&P 500 and be happy with your 8% annualized return. It's like, wait, I'm going to almost quadruple my money and I'm going to do it in a week. But if I could just keep finding these deals over and over again. And so that probably becomes the bottleneck. Well, that in the storage space, my understanding is you're doing this out of a San Francisco apartment, like not a ton of operating room where maybe that becomes a limiting factor. Or is it these undervalued deals that you can go find? So you start with the table set and the chairs then the lamp and you kind of like, well, okay, there's something here, but what happens after that to continue? Yeah. Sourcing? Like what happened next? How'd this like traction start and actually work? Like basically like we flip, I, and I say we, cause my, my partner was like my mover, me and him, we bought the first hundred pieces of furniture and carried all of those up to our third floor apartment over the first six months. And like we bought stage sold everything from our apartment here and we like use the mentality of renting space so like we've never had a set of nightstands we've only ever rented these nightstands basically thinking of like we've had like (laughs) six or seven like sets of nightstands over the past year and like 
some change, but we just like rent them until they sell. So sometimes our apartment's like really scarce of furniture. Sometimes there's way too much. But after like the first hundred pieces, our neighbors understandably were kind of like, what is going on? Yeah. Like why are these people like constantly moving all this furniture? How how are they moving this much? And like, what are they doing up there? And like, we had pretty bad back pain at this point. So we knew enough was enough. And I knew I needed like a better system. Like who needs CrossFit? Yeah. The furniture muscles were real at that point. By then too, though, like I had enough funds after this like first six months of sales to be able to rent a garage and like be able to use movers. So now we buy and sell most of our stuff and put it in a garage like down the street from us and movers drop it off. And like we have a whole staging area in that space now for the stuff. So I rent the garage. Yeah. To take quality yeah. photos and stuff. Okay. Yeah, it works great. What's the garage rental cost? Please brace yourself. It's $480 in the Marina District in San Francisco. So like it's the district right by the Golden Gate Bridge, the big red bridge. So it's very expensive. I had no concept of what it would yeah. be. Like just knowing that parking is scarce in the city. and it, But it's like, well, if it doubles as a storage unit and it's you know, making profit on it every month, I think that makes sense. Now, I wanted to ask, because there's one brand of furniture flipping that's like, I'm going to buy this old dresser, I'm going to sand it down, I'm going to get the, whatever, the whitewash paint, you could do this rustic farmhouse refinishing project, and then I'm going to resell it or relist it. It's like, are you doing that level of fix and upholstering and like that level of rehab on these pieces? No, I'm really not. The most I'll ever do on any piece is just clean it. If there's something that can be like washed off easily with some soap and water or some like cleaner, five minutes or less of work is my mentality for these pieces. It shouldn't take more than five minutes to fix it up because there's enough furniture in our area that's nice to be able to sell it at a higher price. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's helpful. The less labor intensive version of this. We've talked with other furniture flippers and that's kind of their jam. Like I'm going to find these solid wood dressers and I'm going to refinish them to make them more modern and stuff. And a lot of work involved, good profit potential there too. But if that doesn't appeal to you, keep listening because maybe you could do it in the five minute or less plan like Claire. (laughs) So if I'm looking out, what am I looking for on Facebook? I assume sourcing on Facebook Marketplace. Where do you find this stuff to go buy? I buy on Facebook Marketplace, Craigslist, and Nextdoor is actually really good too for like your neighborhood. Why are people unloading this stuff for so much less than you think it's going to be worth? Right? I know. I honestly think it's because people are very transient, especially post-COVID. And just like anybody who's ever moved, ever, all of your possessions eventually just become stuff. You know, and you're just like, how do we have this much stuff? And they want to get it out. And that's like their one goal. Like, you know, everyone gets that tunnel vision. Like, we got to get this out of here, either to the next place or someone buy it. And I swoop in and I'm like, hey, you know, I buy and sell furniture as my side hustle. I'm a teacher during the day. At night, I buy and sell and go sustainability. Would you like to sell it at a bundle deal? But I'll come in and scoop up a lot of stuff for you. And people love it. Okay. So not necessarily just sourcing, you know, one-off things because that's a lot of labor Mm -hmm. for one potential sale. But if somebody's trying to clear out their whole house, their whole apartment, like now that you have capacity to store some of it. You can yes. say, I'll take it all if you're willing to cut me a deal. Yeah. If you're willing to cut me a deal and we have the same style, I see potential in the buy, like let's make a deal here. Especially like if the person's already kind of selling it for undervalue, we can make it even cheaper. But for the person listening to, like it did 
take me a while to get there. I'd say like not until nine months into this, could I pull something like that off? The first 150 pieces or so were exactly what you're saying, Nick. It was buying individual pieces, me, myself going to like pick it up and then reselling that individual piece on its own. But a lot of people, yeah, to answer your original question too, like I think a lot of people are undervaluing and underselling because they just want their stuff out. They want to get to their next place. They want to move to New York. They want to move to Atlanta, Houston, like wherever they're going next, like they want to start their new life and leave this old furniture behind. So they feel good about like giving it to someone who's hustling a lot of times too. That's fair. I'm like still scarred from our move, even though it was two years ago. And it's just <laughs> like, it, you, like you described, it becomes heavy. And you're yeah. like, we got moving quotes. And maybe this is a factor too, that we're like 11 grand, 12 grand. It's, it's like, insane. I don't think our stuff is worth that much. I, I know. We just start over when we get there. And then I'm like, I'll come and I'll send my movers for free. You won't have to touch it. You won't even have to help me bring it out. Then they love it. And it's great in that way. And also like anyone who's like used Facebook Marketplace, we all know the second when you post something on there and you're like, okay, maybe I'll get like three or four messages. It's going to be fine. And then an hour later, you look at your phone again. And you're like, 52 messages? Are you kidding? And like, you're just so overwhelmed that you're just like, I got to move my stuff and I got to answer all these two. This is crazy. So I try to. Yeah. Help so you're, you're the person cutting through the clutter saying, like, I'll come pick it up for free for yeah. this price. Okay. Yeah. Are there any brands or types of pieces that you like to be on the lookout for or that you recommend people start with? Yeah, for sure. So what I would recommend is my favorite brands, the brands that are usually slam dunk sales for people are going to be things like West Elm, CB2, Room and Board. And then you can actually like make a bit off of things like Target or World Market, things like that. Those are like slam dunk sales, especially because these are the kind of people who are just going to like put it up for sale pretty dang cheap. Those also hold the things that are the most stylish right now. So like we all know the buzzwords like mid-century modern, modern farmhouse. Like these are the companies that like sell this stuff that people love. And like the biggest slam dunk sale that you can find, like as a tidbit, little tip for people would be a West Elm, Acornwood, nightstand, bookcase, you know, the classic mid-century modern one that people love with like the bronze knobs on it. Okay. If you can picture this. Yeah. yeah. That whole line sells high quickly for um, Facebook Marketplace. No, that's helpful. Now we know what Mm -hmm. to be on the lookout for as we (laughs) look at our local (laughs) listings here. Do you have probably from doing it for over a year, kind of a sense of what that piece might realistically sell for down the road? But like, is there a target profit margin or spread that you're looking for to make it worth your while? Totally. This is something you'll see me hype on my Instagram and on my TikTok too, on my videos. Like I talk about this a lot, like the profit margin you want to be able to reach is like 20 to 40% more. So like, I always look for things that are in between, like, obviously if it's free, that's the best, but like, you're looking for things that are like 50% or below market value. So like, when I say that, like, let's say, Let's go back to the West Elm wood piece I'm talking about, the mid-century modern, for example. For example, like one of those bookcases, those narrow, beautiful bookcases that are the mid-century modern acorn wood. Online, they sell for $7.99. So you're going to be looking for someone pricing it. like brand new. Mm -hmm. So you're looking on Facebook Marketplace and you're looking for someone pricing it $3.99 or lower, right? Like something around there. Or... Maybe it's a little bit above, but you're like, oh, I could negotiate them down a little bit. 
because people are going to want to buy something like that that's really trendy and people love right now. That piece can sell for 75 to 80% market value if it's super trendy. Okay. So you make that profit in there. So that would be like, for example, the price would be, I would sell something like that for 600 to 690 even. Like I've seen it go for that high. Okay. So you're trying to buy it for 400 or less. Yeah. And then you're making two, maybe 300 on a really good day in dollars in profit for that piece. Because that's the thing, well, if I'm buying a $25 end table and I sell it for 50, it's like, well, did that justify driving across town exactly. and meeting a buyer? You kind of want to have... And we had other sellers kind of mention this too. I want to make a minimum hundred bucks per deal. Otherwise, like, what am I even doing here? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And I think the biggest thing too that I can tell people who want to start out with this is like, if you drive to work, if you take a bus to work, if you're commuting somewhere to work or somewhere you go frequently, this is what I did when I started. Like I looked at my commute line. So what neighborhoods do I hit on my way to work? And like, where am I going? And in my car, I would just stop a lot, anything along the way was fair game for something I would buy. So like you get it on the way back and from commuting. So you save money in that gas anyway. As long as it fits in the car or in the back or something. Exactly. More with Claire in just a moment, including how she reaches thousands of potential buyers for free, makes her listings stand out and how she handles the logistics of this business around her day job right after this. Did you know that roughly half of Side Hustle Nation hasn't started their side hustle yet? If that's you, I get it. Starting and building a business is tough. It takes more than just an idea. There are tons of moving parts, and it's a bit like trying to assemble your airplane in the middle of takeoff. Thankfully, our sponsor, Taylor Brands, is helping Side Hustle Show listeners make that leap and make it all a lot easier. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, making sure you have everything you need all in one place. Think of it like your behind-the-scenes partner for things like LLC formation, licenses and permits, getting an EIN, setting up your business bank account, bookkeeping and invoicing, insurance, logos, trademark protection, and a lot more. Taylor Brands helps you handle it all seamlessly. And to get you started, Side Hustle Show listeners get 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans when you use our link. That's taylorbrands.com slash side hustle. Taylor Brands, like a tailor for your clothes, T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A. A-N-D-S dot com slash side hustle. Start your business journey today with the help of Taylor Brands. When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search and hit the ground running with your new hire. But what if you could get rid of the search part and just get matched with qualified candidates? Well, now you can with our sponsor, Indeed. It's simple. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. The matching and hiring platform is trusted by over three and a half million businesses worldwide to connect with great talent faster. And 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. For my next hire, I'm using Indeed to tap into a talent pool of 350 million unique monthly visitors. And what else is cool is Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets. And how about this? Side Hustle Show listeners get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Just go to Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
Okay. So using the suggested retail as kind of an anchor point on the high end and realizing, well, if somebody's going to buy it used, maybe I'll get 70% of that. And then trying to work downward from there on the buy side. Mm-hmm. And you gave some brands to be on the lookout for CB2, Room and Board, West Elm, because people on the buy side are going to be looking specifically for those brands. There's a certain level of trust and name recognition and hopefully a an establishment of quality and whatever it's like, but people will be looking for those. So you're not like trying to create demand. Demand is already there in terms of like search volume for people looking for this stuff. That's right. Okay. Any other sourcing tips that we ought to be aware? Like there's gotta be other people like you doing this. So like, how do you get the deal instead of, you know, those other 49 people that messaged about the thing because they say, Hey, that thing sells for 800 bucks. Why are they selling it for 400? Like I want to, I want to jump on this too. (sighs) You mean like, is there other resellers trying to do the same thing as me or just other buyers? I mean, other buyers, other flippers, there's got to be other people out there. Oh yeah. They're totally, it's such a big space to be able to buy in that like, I always say like, if I had two more garages, four more movers, more capital, like I would be able to do the exact same thing at five times. Like, but I don't. And it's kind of like each reseller, like we fill our space with stuff. And then we wait for more stuff. We can't buy more stuff until we sell that stuff. So in that interim, there's like lots of other things online. People are always moving, at least in my area, they are. And I think like it's something that can be copied in other cities and more like suburban areas too. Are you the flipper that loves the thrill of the hunt on the deal side? Because (laughs) it seems to be super common. Like I'm always on the hunt for the next good buy, the next good deal. Yeah. But then when it comes time to photographing and creating the listings and all the other stuff that I, oh, how do I actually get paid for this? Like so far, all I've done is spend money, but it's hard to get motivated to do the 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 other until maybe that space fills up and you're like, oh, shoot, I got to turn this over. Otherwise, I'm not Uh making anything. Exactly. I try to be extremely cautious with my time. So like I, right after work, after I'm a, educator in the day and like after work from 4.15 to 4.45, like I'll do buys and sales and staging all at the same time. So like the garage is okay. happen at that time. Like there's a lot going on it and there's movers coming in and out and they're helping me stage things before they store it in the back. Okay. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> because Staging if I got to move this two person <laughs> dresser, like yeah. uh, I need some help. I'll yeah. I just take a million photos of it right away when it comes in, take video and then put it in the back and ignore it until it sells. Okay. Yeah. So what do you think makes your outbound messages to sellers stand out versus everybody else who wants that same piece or you get the generic messages? Is this still available or something like that? How do you stand out on the outbound side? So on Facebook Marketplace and on the Facebook app, you can go in and change the thing that's generic that everyone says as a setting. So this classic one that everyone says is, hi, is this still available? And you can click the button to auto say that, which is nice. You don't have to type it every time. I went in and I changed it and mine says, hi, is this available? It looks great. That's it. <laughs> and okay. that helps a lot to be able to get people to I didn't respond know you could change that. to me. Yeah. Once I figured that out, I got a lot more responses. And the thing too, is if you think a lot of people are going to be responding to that person and wanting to get it because it's a super good deal, don't be afraid to double text them or triple text them because it pops your thing right to the top of their inbox each time as they're getting these new messages. So I'll just say, hi, this looks great. And then in 15 minutes later, I don't hear from them, but they read it. I'll just like send a smiley face and say, I'm super interested. I can send people today. I'd love to come look at it today. Is there a good time? 
in a nice way. You know, you don't want, you always want to be courteous and kind, but yeah, you can get on the top of the list. I know. I always have anxiety when like I'm selling stuff. Okay. Well, this person fell through. And so now I got to go back to the bottom. Well, they messaged first. So I feel like obligated to. Right. You're like, oh, I got to do this ethically. Yeah. Give them first crack at it. I don't know to what, what do I owe these people? Like just right. get, get it out of my house in most cases. Exactly. I think the big thing is just be kind, but be relentless. Yeah. Are you able to set up any sort of like alert triggers when something hits marketplace or hits any of these feeds that would check certain criteria for you? Totally. So if anyone posts West Elm within like a five mile radius of me, I get like an alert on my phone. Well, I used to do this and then it became overwhelming. But for the person starting out who's looking for like individual pieces, it's a really good way to start because you can just quickly, like I check my Facebook marketplace the same way people check their social media. (laughs) If I get an alert that it's up, I'll like check it and put it down. Yeah. Is that a setting in marketplace? Mm -hmm. You can make alerts on there for certain brands, styles, types of furniture. If you're looking just for a coffee table, if you're looking just for renting nightstands, you can make it so it's like that which is really, really helpful. I'd say the biggest thing too for people to do who are looking to sell too, I know we're talking about buyers, but I think the biggest thing for once you get the piece you like to get it like across the most eyeballs too is joining like a ton of groups right away. Like you're gonna wanna join like 20 plus groups in your local area because that gives you like a ton more people looking at it than just Facebook Marketplace alone. Oh, these would be like local buy sell groups exactly uh, or neighborhood community type mm-hmm. of things. Okay. One in our area that's big is like the Bay Area buy and sell group, and it has like a hundred thirty thousand people in it. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's helpful just to get more views. And on top of that, you're following marketing best practices. You're taking nicely staged photos, which a lot of people selling their stuff if they have to move, they're like well, whatever, I'm taking a picture of it where it's sitting right now and the lighting may not be great and I'm taking it on my phone and who just whatever, I just need a picture versus like taking the time to actually stage it, actually command a premium on that side. Anything else on the listing, best practices, including the dimensions, including the brand name, like all of these type of things. Here's the suggested retail price, but anything else that makes it stand out? Everything you said, Nick, is exactly what you want to put in. You want to gain the customer's trust like right away that you know what you're talking about, but then you also want to give them the link to the item to be able to verify that what you are saying is true. So on my thing, I'll always say like, this is the item for sale. This is the brand. These are the dimensions. This is what it's listed as on the website new. And I always just say plus tax and shipping just to be like a little (laughs) sweetener. Like, oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. That's an extra 10% at least. And then I also add the link to the item so that they can trace it back and verify that what I'm saying is true. That's like the biggest things I would say. And then also like consider adding a watermark at the end to describe the item. So almost like if you think of like hashtags, like you're going to want to put like If it's a CB2 item, like you might want to put CB2, modern, just these words at the bottom, like CB2, modern, side table, like it's a water stamp to be able to like know that people, if they look up modern furniture, your piece might bump to the top of the search list. Just more generic search terms that you want to include in your listing, even if it's- Yeah, exactly. Gotcha. Talk to me about the movers, because I think this is interesting. If I either don't have a vehicle or don't have a partner to come help me move some of these heavier items, 
how do you connect with them? Are they like on staff part-time? It's just like, gotta be, well, I don't have a pickup today. Am I still paying for these people? Like, I'm curious how that all works. I really like Lug, L-U-G-G. They're in a lot of cities. They are on demand moving and like similar to like how you're able to watch, like when you order an Uber or a Lyft, when you watch the car come to you and pick you up, you're like, oh, how far are they? But you can see them moving on the map. They do the same thing. So you can watch the movers come to you and they'll give you an estimated amount of time. They also will come like within an hour. Like they're really available and they have like trucks, vans, big, like big trucks too, need be depending on the size of your move. And then like, they're available like within an hour sometimes even. And then you can watch them come to you and drop off the piece like an Uber ride. Do you have to meet them at the storage garage or do they have, you trust them enough to like give them the access code or something? I don't like, I don't, I'm white knuckling control though too. And I will meet them there and they can pick it up with me, but they have like tons of crews in our city and they're getting pretty popular at this point in other cities too. And then the other one I haven't really worked with, but I'm hearing good things about too, which is a competitive price point too, is TaskRabbit. And what's different about TaskRabbit versus Lug too, if you want to try these, is TaskRabbit, I'm pretty sure you can do multiple stops for your moves. So you can be like, hey, I need you to pick up something here and here and then come to me, which is kind of nice. What's a typical price to have Lug come and and pick something up and drop it at the storage unit for you? To pick something up and bring it to me, if it's just like a simple one-piece item, like it's going to be anywhere between $50 to $75, like including tip. If you need a promo code, I got you. Listeners, DM me on Instagram for 10 bucks off. It's awesome. But on the app, like it'll give you an estimate of how much it's going to be too, which is really nice. You kind of get a sense of like, oh, they're this far away. Like how much will it be? But they do per minute on there. You can like really save a ton if you like go into it and just click one mover. I think the base is like twenty six to thirty six dollars an hour, okay. and then like per minute is like seventy two cents, and then like okay, gotcha. tip so, them if they're good too. Yeah, keep them on the roster of like favorite drivers. You're welcome back anytime. So you got to be buying with enough margin built in to say, okay, I can afford to have the mover come and make money on this deal. So that's helpful. And if you've got a truck, if you got something like, Hey, sounds like lug could be another side hustle for you. So there's lots of different options in this episode. Now, have you ever had the case of like something just, it gets stuck in the back of the garage for months on end and it's just not moving. Like, is there a target inventory turn? How oh, I want to sell this in a month. How do you think about turning over the inventory? This process has not been without its like failures. And I think one of my least favorite things that does happen is buying the wrong piece and not making money on it. And like before I like really figured out what people buy and sell, it really, I had no model. So I just experimented, like I'd buy this, see if it sold. If it didn't, it sat for a long time. We bumped down the price a bunch and then it still sold. And then finally it did sell. We would have to like experiment with this. But I would say like right now, like about one out of 40 pieces at this point, like just sits it's something that I'm still trying to figure out what to do with. Cause I think sometimes you just have to cut your losses on those because you need to like move on and see if you can make more, but that's kind of like why I'm trying to help people to be able to like understand what to buy versus what not to buy. So they can skip this learning curve and like ensure they typically make money off their buys. Yeah, totally. 
yeah, there's nothing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like the ROI on this penciled out to be great. But it's, it was like when yeah. I was selling on Amazon and it's like, oh, I didn't notice that the seller rank was like 3 million or something. Or the, yeah. It's just like, yeah, it was a great deal ROI wise, but it's just like, it might not sell for months or whatever. Yeah, exactly. And like, unlike if you're a reseller in like clothes or shoes, things like that, like at least you can like put in the closet and forget about it. Like if your bookcase is not selling, you're going to look at that <laughs> like, every day until it sells and be like, taking up all this space. I got all this cash tied uh-huh. up in it. Yeah. So it's like, it's a frustrating experience for sure when that happens. Yeah, that was a big thing. I was working in the car business, like for the parts side of these dealers, like sometimes millions of dollars in inventory. And like, we want to be able to serve the customers that come in, but it doesn't make sense to stock everything, everything. And so like that, finding that balance between real-time availability and just how much cash is tied up in that. With any physical product business, it's always kind of like top of mind, how much cash is going to be tied up in this inventory? How quickly can we turn it over? But by focusing on these hot selling popular brands, I think you're kind of protecting yourself on that side. More with Claire in just a moment, including how to spot scammers when you're selling your items, how she's unlocking a new income stream by documenting her flips, and her surprising number one tip right after this. If you travel a lot for work or for a vacation, you might be familiar with that feeling you get knowing you're leaving your space unused for long periods of time and you're still paying for that privilege. But hosting on Airbnb means you don't have to leave your home sitting empty when you're away. Being an Airbnb host isn't just a way to earn some extra cash. It's a chance to share your space and make a guest's vacation all the more memorable. You might be thinking, eh, maybe my place isn't the right fit, but don't write it off just yet. Your potential Airbnb might be right in front of you. Whether it's a spare room or even your entire home, there's an opportunity waiting. Airbnb turns your home into a practical and even profitable venture. We just got back from a family trip to Hawaii where we stayed in a great Airbnb, but our place back home could have been a highlight to somebody else's travels, and we could have used the extra cash to help pay for the trip. So if you're curious about hosting on Airbnb, find out how much your space could be worth by visiting airbnb.com slash host. Once again, that's airbnb.com slash host. Talk to me about just marketplace scams. Like what is going on with the Facebook marketplace these days? Oh my gosh. What is the common scam? I think at this point, I expect anyone who reaches out to me to be a scam, like at all. <laughs> Isn't that awful? It's so awful. It's the worst. But I do have to say saving graces, once you figure out how the scammers interact with you, it's very easy to spot them. They're really bad at grammar and like they put periods in weird spots in the sentences. They forget a letter. They'll call you dear a lot. Like, hi, dear. How are you, dear? It's nice to see you, dear. They'll say that a lot. Yeah. Like, okay. Red flag number one, red flag number two. Yeah. Totally. These are red flags. I'd say like 60, but to be perfectly honest, like 60% of the people on Facebook marketplace are scammers. That's what I'm seeing. That's just nuts. For how many smart engineers are working at Facebook? Like, that's just nuts. Like, how have they not solved this problem? One that always is weird to me is when people are like, well, what's your number so I can text you? We're messaging right here. Like, this is the same. Like, why, why do you need my number? And like, <laughs> what, what do they intend to do with that information? Exactly. That's red flag number three, is that they say, hi, I want to buy this now. Send me your number. And then they'll give you a number. Don't text them. Do not leave Facebook Marketplace Messenger. <laughs> like, that's don't, don't engage. No. Do not engage with them. Anyone, this is a big red flag too, anyone whose profile was created in the same year, if you click on their profile, a lot of times they only have one picture and it was like uploaded two days prior to messaging you so like that's just a really easy way to just be like you're probably a scammer 
go with your gut though. Like if you feel like something's off, something's probably off. Like we know how to talk to people. And if people aren't talking like a person, it's possible there's scam. Yeah, something's weird. Yeah. So what's the scam? Like what are they trying to get you to to wire money? Something sure. like what's the it end game? Changes. So like just like anything, like what people can do and interface with changes. Like recently it was Zell. Zell had some bugs in it. And this has not been happening as much lately. But yeah, Zell was a huge one where they would ask you if you pay with Zell. And if you do it, this whole scam was like, they would send you the money before it like deposited in your bank account. They'd be like, you know what? Actually, I don't want it. Can you send it back to me? And then you send your own money back, but it didn't deposit. So really, it's just you paying them. Hmm. Okay. It's the big scam going on all last year. And I think Facebook finally has it under control. Thank God. But that was a really tough one. Right now, I think like it's similar, like any type of person who's like really pushing you to send them money before having you see it, or if they want to send you money before having them see it, it's probably a scam is what I tend to tell people, unless you're like an advanced level person for Facebook Marketplace, like I am who knows right away. Yeah. I've had people reach out and say, like, can I send you money like as a deposit? Like, I'm super serious about this item. Can I Venmo you something to like hold it for me? Should I be nervous about that? That's one I would verify then trust. So you're going to want to go and do a little deep dive on their profile. You're going to want to check and see, like, are they real? Yeah, is this a real person? Is this a real person? I mean, if they're going to send you money, it's a lot more safe, obviously, than you sending them money. You're going to want to like verify that they're a real person via their profile, looking at what year they were added, who are their friends, do you have any mutual friends by chance? Like, There's a way to figure it out, but if you have any inkling whatsoever that you're like, I don't even know if they're real, don't do it. Just be like, I only do in-person transactions. And if they're okay with that, you know they're real. If they're not okay with that and they leave the group, you know they're a scam and just report them to Facebook. Yeah, just add another one to the yeah. banned and blocked list. Exactly. Oh my goodness. <laughs> well, Claire, this is such a cool thing that you've been able to do on the side from the day job, making thousands of dollars a month in your spare time. And then even kind of on spec, starting to create content around that at thefurnitureflip.online, at the furniture flip on TikTok, and we'll link up the Instagram account as well. Like you got a few thousand followers under each of these accounts. Like people are following along for this journey. They're curious to see what the next piece is going to be, like how it all works. Talk to me a little bit about that side of the business. And did that start in lockstep with, or after several months, like, hey, this is working. Other people are you're asking me how I'm doing this. Yeah, yeah, totally. When I started, I had no intention of doing like anything on social media. I thought the side hustle would end with buying and selling. But after like six months or so, I had one of my like mentors on my like board of trustees, I call them, which is just like family and friend who give me advice. (laughs) But one of my members of my boards of trustees, one of my mentors, she was like, has a very successful Instagram and TikTok. And she was like, you really could make this bigger if you want to and like see if people want to do it with you and like see if you can do like some kind of sponsorships with it and create a bigger like audience for a side hustle that like seems to really work and like people should know about this. I was curious and I was like, you know what? Why not? Like, let's see. I really wanted to see too, does this only work in San Francisco or like does it work in other cities too? So the only way to find that community too was starting to reach out on these social medias. And I couldn't for the life of me find somebody doing what I'm doing in the spotlight. 
on any of these medias. I saw a lot of the furniture flippers, like the people doing the painting and the refinishing, things like that, which are fun videos to watch. But nobody who was advertising furniture reselling. And I was like, I think I can make a corner here for people to like be interested in. So that's kind of where it came from. It gained traction pretty quickly. Like we got like a couple thousand within like one or two months. And then one video went viral and really got people interested. And that was one of like the mid-century pieces. But it really like was to see if people could do it. And now like I have such a like clear network of people who have found the account and started furniture reselling like all across the country. Like I have a follower who's doing it in Miami, LA, Chicago, Boston, like, and they're finding success with it, which is just like really cool to hear their stories and like how this has given them financial freedom. What was the one that went viral? I'm scrolling through. I'm trying to find it. It's the one at the top. I think it's pinned to all the ones. It's at the top. It's a West Elm mid-century console. At the end of the video, I also show how like the person styled it in their home, which is like my favorite part, like when customers send me like the piece after. Oh, that's great. And like show me like how excited they are about it and like how it's special to them. And like we just like geek out over like sustainable furniture. Oh, that's great. The strategy is most of the reels or most of the stories are kind of like documenting the life cycle of this flip. Hey, I found it. This is how much I paid. This is me listing it. And then this is how much profit we made on it. Yeah, I would say that's about 50% of what I put up. And then the other pieces too with it is I show people behind the scenes, like these people who are interested in doing it or just kind of like want to see the story of like my fails and successes. <laughs> like I show them behind the scenes, like when the garage is really messy and like we need to organize it and this is actually what it's like day to day or like when I like am sitting there waiting for someone to come pick it up and they're 20 minutes late, like I'll like document these things that aren't mm. perfect, but like this is still part of the journey. And then the other part too is me talking about tips and tricks for people. So I have a video about all the questions you're asking, Nick, like staging, how to price things correctly, how to spot a scammer, things like that, that are for just to help people like do this easier than it was for me. Because I think there's so much space for all of us in this and we all can be successful because there's so much furniture. Yeah. Are you selling a course like for people to do that as I become part of the business too? Yeah, I think that's my next step. And like what I'm really excited about coming up is like we're going to be doing a course eventually for this for people. Right now, I like offer consultation through my website, which you can sign up for. And then also like I want people to have as much access to this as possible. So I'm really giving away free guides on how to like stage items, kind of similar to what you're giving away today too. That's a really good pairing with it is like the 20 top furniture brands to resell on Facebook Marketplace. Oh, nice. There's like an email builder. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So like on my link tree and my profiles on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, wherever, you can like get these free guides if you like sign up with your email. And it's a really nice way to start. And then I also do like the seven secrets of furniture flipping to really, that's the best one just to get you started and through the door to be like, okay, this is accessible. Like I can handle this because I give you just like the starting pack for that. So that's like the freebies. And then if you really want to like know how to do this for real, every secret I have, like I put into a guide that we sell on that link tree too. Okay. Yeah. Not a full course yet, but like some digital product angle here. Yeah. Digital product. Yeah, exactly. Perfect. How many people have joined the email list so far? 
right now we have 75 people on the list and like 60 of them signed up like within the first day of posting the first one, which was awesome. So definitely people wanted to do it, which was cool. All right. Well, I will hopefully double that. (laughs) We'll place a bet and say, well, at least double that after this episode airs. Yeah. That'll be good. So we'll link those up in the show notes. And I was going to ask, like between the business coaching side and the digital product sales, like, are you comfortable sharing like as a piece of the revenue pie? Is that become significant compared to the flipping side? It hasn't been that lucrative yet. I think it's hopeful that in the long run, it would be once we set up the different sales sequences, things like that, that we want to do to see if people are interested in it. But it's not that much yet. I think right now it's like under $500, but I'll take it for sure. But I'm hoping that more people will get this if we can get the Instagram and TikTok more viral too, is my hope. And doing things like this too. I think it's just, I think there's so much good info and I just want as many people to see it as possible. And the reason I ask is like, I think there's a really common path that whether or not your side hustle is flipping or anything else, it's like other people want to know what you know. Like, even if it doesn't seem like a huge, huge, like, oh, I haven't reached millionaire status. Like, even if you're just two steps ahead of the person who wants to learn it, there's unlocking another side of the business, unlocking another revenue stream. And we've seen people do it in printables in, we had a backyard nursery side hustle. It's like, well, I started taking videos of my plants and talking about how much it costs to water them and stuff. And it's like, at the time of that recording, he had like 20,000 YouTube subscribers or something. It opened up this whole new stream. And so this idea of working in public, I think, is really powerful. And say, like, like, I may not be the world's foremost expert, but here's what I'm doing. Here's my results. I think it builds a lot of trust. And I think that's really cool. Now, you did mention fails. So at least I got to ask, like, any big fail that comes to mind? We've had, like, a couple, like, deep cuts for sure. I think the biggest fail for me was hiring cleaners and having them like clean a carpet chair set and like thinking, I'm going to spend a hundred dollars on this, like really good cleaner. And they're going to clean up this chair set and this carpet and it's going to sell for so high, but it didn't work. I lost money on that. Didn't make a big difference. Okay. No. And if you picture the chairs that were like used on the Ellen DeGeneres show, like kind of like those big comfy chairs, like that's what they looked like, but a little dirty, like big beige comfy chairs. They just did not hit online. Like people did not want them. And I just was losing money and time and like profit that I made on this source of cleaning. I'd say that one was the hardest. And also yeah. like my neighbors here who were listening to this person cleaning the furniture and it was really loud on like a Tuesday morning. We're like, what is going on? So that one was bad. Okay. Yeah. Whatever you can clean yourself, clean it up, make it look good for the pictures. Yeah. These are sold as is. Don't you know? bother your neighbors too much. <laughs> Very good. Do you see this becoming a full-time thing or where do you want to take it? I go back and forth about this, like if I want to or not. I'm getting closer and closer to needing like a property manager potentially for like 10 or so hours a week. I think once I get a second garage, it's going to be just about as far as I can take it as a side hustle. And then if I want a third or fourth garage or like really actually open up a storefront, I'm going to have to consider it. There's a possibility that like me and my partner like may move to Europe next year too. So we might take this to Europe and like try it there. And like do it full time there, which would be interesting. So you can like follow along and see if we do that. But if that doesn't happen, I'm thinking about doing it full time. But I'm still like nervous to leave the day job because I love working with the kids too. 
Yeah, it's interesting. It's a yeah. it's very much a portable skill, but you kind of build up a level of comfort and familiarity and network inside the community that you're operating and reputation in these different buy-sell groups and stuff too. But yeah, I'm curious to see what happens with that. So Claire, you can check her out at thefurnitureflip.online. We'll link up her social profiles as well. Make sure to go download the 20 top brands to be on the lookout for or the seven secrets to furniture flipping. Grab our opt-ins over there. We'll link those up. Let's wrap this thing up with your number one tip for Side Hustle Nation. When you post furniture on Facebook Marketplace, on Craigslist, wherever you're going to sell this furniture next door is not just post the furniture as individual listings. You're going to want to post it as furniture sale posts. So you know when you see people do moving sales with an exclamation mark, you're more likely to click on that one to be able to look at all these different pieces on one post versus if you just click on the post that says like toaster $20. So biggest thing I can say is you're going to 100% increase your clicks and buys if you do that. Yeah, interesting. Like I may not be interested in the title thing, but what else is under here? Let me scroll through here. Exactly. Last week, for example, last week we had over 30,000 views on our stuff. And most of my posts last week were furniture sale posts, not individual listing posts. Wow. Okay. That's fascinating. Mm -hmm. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, of course. Anytime. I love numbers. Insider tips. Well, Claire, this has been awesome. Just a few kind of takeaways that I was writing down as we were going through this. Number one is to put on your marketing hat. Like it's a crowded world out there. Think, how are you going to stand out? Well, no, I'm not going to send the generic default message. Is this available? I'm going to customize it just a little bit. So I stand out from everybody else who's either doing the same thing or just regular buyers. I'm going to spend the time to stage and make these listings worthy of a premium price versus a fire sale, moving sale price. So putting on your marketing hat on the buy side, on the sell side, I think there's an old Warren Buffett quote about minding your margins or you make your money when you buy, not when you sell. It's like buying low enough, buying strong enough, cultivating those relationships. And like you said, people want to help you. Hey, I'm doing this. I buy and sell furniture as a side hustle from my teaching job. Like, oh, okay, I want to help you out. It it makes me feel a little bit better to be parting with this furniture. I know it's for a worthy cause or something like that. And then the third thing that I wrote down was your board of trustees. Even though this is just like very informal friends and family, kind of like people to bounce bounce ideas off of, a mastermind group, an accountability partner, whatever that is, you got to have people in your corner. It could be a super lonely road doing a side hustle. So I like that tip as well. So your listener bonus for this week is that list of the best items to flip for a profit. All you need to do is follow the show notes link in the episode description, or if you don't mind typing in URLs, it's sidehustlenation.com slash Claire, C-L-A-I-R-E, and that'll get you right over to that. Big thanks to Claire for sharing her insight. Thanks to our sponsors for helping make this content free for everyone. As always, you can hit up sidehustlenation.com slash deals for all the latest offers from our sponsors in one place. And thank you for supporting the advertisers that support the show. It really does make a difference. That is it for me. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you're finding value in the show, the greatest compliment is to share it with a friend. Until next time, let's go out there and make something happen. And I'll catch you in the next edition of The Side Hustle Show. Hustle on.